This is a second short podcast on Lord Buckley. I didn't quite uh, uh, plumb the depth of this phenomenon, and really it's impossible to plumb it. There is so much here. But I didn't even begin to plumb it in my last uh, uh, and first um, approach to Lord Buckley's nightclub monologue, The Naz. And I'd like to go one step further, and this will probably conclude for at least a time, uh, this uh, uh, segmented um, treatment of the amazing performer and philosopher who broke the barrier between the sacred and the profane, Richard Murley Buckley. And uh, Lord Buckley's uh, breaking of the barrier, uh, that phrase came to me again from Bill Bowman, my friend who lives in New Orleans, who understood long ago that this um, the curtain that has uh, normally and characteristically existed between everyday life on the one hand and the church or the temple, the sacred, the holy, um, that this uh, curtain between uh, uh, the world of the church, you might call it, the world of the sacred, the world of the religious on the one hand, and then the world of the everyday, the normal, the, the, uh, the here and now, uh, this curtain which creates such a tremendous compartmentalization in so many of our lives was surprisingly and interestingly and really uh, quite devastatingly broken by a nightclub comic who was a combination shaman con man, hipster, um, user, uh, quipster, anecdotalist, performer, professional, nut. Uh, these are many words that are used to describe him, and none of them are uh, telling the whole truth. But this multi-orbed phenomenon, Lord Richard Buckley, whom even Jack Kerouac refers to in Desolation Angels soon after the death of Buckley. Uh, and he refers to him in an astonishing passage uh, in the second chapter, the first part. But the um, uh, Buckley's uh, monologues had this extraordinary ability to make you both laugh and cry at the same time, and especially about material that is very seldom treated in kind of popular um, entertainment of this, of this kind where uh, everyone was smoking and everyone was drinking and a lot of people were high, and it was pretty uh, down-home, to say the least, and uh, uh, Buckley was as interested in getting a joint of marijuana as he was in getting paid, and um, that uh, perjured throughout his life. And yet this amazing breakthrough that I find in my experience of uh, people and um, uh, phenomena of this kind almost um, um, uh, unknown. So rather than talk anymore, I'm going to read what seems to me to be a, a, a classic section of a Buckley monologue monologue, which breaks down this barrier. Now, being a white guy, I'm not going to perform it as it was performed, and it's un it was recorded, because uh, I cannot uh, um, imitate the, the African-American hipster persona, which Lord Buckley, in his black tie and tails, used to try to present. I just can't do that. I don't know how to do it. Uh, but I will uh, give you the exact text of Lord Buckley's uh, monologue, a fairly lengthy section of it, uh, entitled Nero, and then you can judge for yourself about this uh, highly unusual and really uh, much to be um, admired, in my view, um, breakthrough uh, beyond the time barrier. Uh, you'll remember this uh, 
movie that I love so much from 1959, or was it 1960? I'm looking at a copy of it um, from Inner Sanctum Videos or something like that. Um, I don't think it's been released uh, commercially, but in any event, Beyond the Time Barrier, we're going to look at Beyond the Barrier of the Sacred and the Profane. Now, this uh, monologue, which would have been delivered in the late 1950s and is on a recording also, is a retelling, basically, of the uh, a section of Quo Vadis, uh, in hipster slang. And Buckley got up and did this. Uh, Commentators on it uh, believe that he probably had, may not have read the book, but he'd probably seen the movie, which came out in 1951. And the movie with uh, Robert Taylor and, um, golly, uh, what's usually called a a scene-chewing, scenery-chewing performance by Peter Ustinov as the Emperor Nero. This is uh, Buckley's uh, impression of... uh, of uh, the movie based on Henry Sienkiewicz's uh, very uh, powerful uh, novel, which will never date, uh, of the early Christians entitled Quo Vadis. I'm reading edited sections, but it's they are exactly as delivered. Nero was goofing off in his pad palace one day, and one of his buddy cats fell in on him. What you say, Ni? Nero say, cool. What would you, Ni? Everything is fine. I'm getting my kicks, you how Nero is always going out there. That right, he say. Hey, Nero, what is it, baby? About them Christian cats. Man, Nero say, don't bug with them Christians, will you please now? I'm a happy party cat. I don't want to hear about no Christians. Jack, I done told you 22 times, don't bug with the Christian cats. Let them goof off any way they want to. Daddy, I don't want to me with them. They ain't as far out as I is, is they? No. Well, that's what I say. Now, stay cool with them Christians. Don't bug with no Christian cats, please. But me, don't know what them Christian cats is putting down about you? Nero's wig went straight up in the air and he whirled around. He say, what them Christian cats putting down about me? Them Christian cats saying that you nowhere and you ain't going to be nowhere. And if you was to be somewhere, you'd be nowhere anyway because you ain't nowhere in front Nero say, snatch them Christian cats. Then there's a section in which the uh, impresario of ancient Rome prepares the Colosseum for the uh, killing of the Christians. Nero is digging the scene. They is tossing the Christians to the lions, and the lions is tossing them back, and they is making sassafras soul. And Nero is saying, hey, 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 look at them Four horses down there trying to snatch that big fat cat apart. Now, this is a reference to the scene in uh, when the giant Christian Ursus is able to uh, to defeat the uh, uh, the uh, attempts to break his body apart. Back to Lord Buckley. Uh, look at them four horses down there trying to snatch that big fat cat apart. Go, boy. Go, go, go. Oh, he can't make it. Going to give that cat a pass if he holds another five minutes. He's all right. They got the Christians on the rack this way and that. Nero is having a ball. He's he's digging this made game. He's juicing up a storm, chomping on his crazy pills till long about the fifth. He call in his stage manager and he say, man, what is you doing with me? The poor cat shaking like an aspen tree in heat say, what's the matter, knee? He say, what's the matter? You giving me the same damn show every night. I don't want to hear no talk, Jack. Make a change and make it quick. Split. Zoot, the cat cut. 
and after Nero was gone out, came 5,000 slaves into the Palladium football field. They got 5,000 crosses. They dug 5,000 holes, and they put 5,000 crosses in the holes, and they lay 5,000 faggots at the bottom of the crosses. And there are 5,000 slaves standing there with great burning torches in their hands, ready to knock the fire on the faggots and light up the crosses. And the crosses is 5,000 Christians from two to toothless pinned to the crosses. So that night when Nero comes swinging on in with his cavalcade of chicks and etc., he fall into his big chair seat and the fanfare jump off. Ooh, a bop a dee, ooh, a bop a doo. Five thousand slaves come down with five thousand torches and lit up the crosses. Five thousand Christians started to wail up the biggest breeze and most insane orchestration you ever dug in all your born days. Nero throw his juice in the air and stood straight up and he say, look at them there chicks wail out there. Isn't this wild? Isn't this crazy? Isn't this gone? This sure is. I told you that cat was all right. All he needed was a little boosting. He's a good man. He knows what he's doing. Look what he's got jumping off here. Nero's eyes gleaming like a trap-hung panther. He's having a ball of all balls, happy as a ring-a-ding bird, and a, he's so hooked for what he sees jumping out there. As a matter of fact, he's digging it so hard, he's got bulging eyes. Now we come to the conclusion of this piece. Now listen carefully, because I've held the... Uh, uh, obviously, the, uh, the conclusion uh, is the purpose of the piece. So here come Nero, got the golden reins in his hands and the golden symbol upon his head and the three chicks on his arms telling him what a great cat he is and he's riding down between the crosses digging this wild, crazy fallout scene. He's right in his main day kick city. You can hear the horses swinging and the jingles off the bells and all the madness is going on. Nero is freaking up in his mind and he's carrying on like mad. He's just bubbling all over with the mad, mad movement. And in the three chairs cars that are following on behind him and his buddy cats, you see what I mean. In the third, there was a cat that wasn't riding. He was walking. His name was O. Bobalap. He was a very bad, bad cat indeed. This po cat is so nervous he can't ride. He's stomping every step of the way. He was the kind of a cat that went to a little juice session with one of his friends. Come on over, Daddy-O. We drink up a little juice and everything be cool. And he say, that's fine. So this ooh bop a lap went over to this cat's pad and all was enjoying. And in the middle of the party, they done ran out of juice. And the cat done swung around the corner to pick up on another fifth. And while he was on, ooh bop a lap in the corner done burned his pad down and sold his family into slavery. Just one of those little old Sunday afternoon crisscrosses. See what I mean? A little bit later, this here big cat that got crisscrossed with two bigger cats than he was, they found little Oobopalap in the corner where he couldn't get away, and the big cat wanted to lower the boom on him. The big cat that got crossed say, let the cat go. He's a square. He don't know what he's doing anyway. Let him go. Tell the cat to blow. That's all. Get him out of my sight. So, ooh, Bopalap is a very bad cat, let me explain to you, and he can't be right. He's stomping every step of the way, all shook up. He's trying to look someplace where he can clarify his soul and see one spark of light jumping off, but he can't look no place because there is no place like that to look because every time he looks and sees something bad and he's feeling very bad indeed, ooh, he's got a strain on him. And all of a sudden he feels something is pulling and 
pulling on his neck around and finally, whoa, whipped it around, boom. And he pulled up and he looked up there and there on the cross he sees this great big cat that he'd done crossed so many times before. And ooh, lap can't move his head. He tried to get away. He tried to turn this way. He tried to turn that way. He can't turn no way because this big cat's eyes is boring right down into him. And finally, ooh, lap can't stand it no more. And he look up at the big cat and he fall down his knees and he say, in Christ's name, forgive me. And the big cat, just as his beard was catching on fire, he say, everything is cool, baby. Don't worry about baby. We'll straighten it up a little later down the line. Now, when he laid that line for the third time on Ubapalap and done forgave him, that was too strong for Ubapalap. First thing he did was jump 22 feet in the air. He comes swanging down doing a Mexican tailspin and the Japanese a bapadap and turned twisted and doing cartwheels and all kinds of crazy things. And finally, his two feet hit solid on the earth. And when he did, he pointed at Nero, and he say, there's the burner of Rome. And Nero turned around and say, who's that big mouth back there? Get that cat. Check on that boy. Call the guard. Screen the scene. 440 times more. Let no cat flip while Nero getting his kicks. Yeah, Nero was an all-high flip-out-in-orbit mother to end all mothers. Let's cool it and dig some spaghetti. Solid. Well, this um, is amazing. We've been told the story that Sinkiewicz tells us and that we know happened under Nero because it's recorded in the Roman history that the Christians were um, put uh, on kind of uh, platforms or crosses, you might say. Actually, they were crosses, and the crosses were covered with pitch, and the Christians were daubed with pitch, and their hides, they were, they were attached to these of all different ages uh, to pay the price for, uh, to expiate, uh, displaced expiation for Nero's own setting of the city on fire so he could build it up new. And uh, they're all there being martyred in this colossally gruesome act of uh, a thousand, uh, five thousand martyred Christians of all ages covered in oil and pitch, uh, tied tightly to these posts which go in the ground and then covered over with kind of a kind of um, brush to make it look like they're illuminated trees and torches. And in the famous scene in uh, um, both in the movie and in the uh, in the wonderful book, which I'm looking at here, um, they're lit on fire and they all die screaming and uh, uh, with the words of forgiveness on the lips. And there's a famous moment when a thoroughly bad cat is forgiven by someone he has done so terribly to who's dying in this horrible way and he's forgiven. And this captures in an absolute instant the essence of Christianity. Lord Buckley has captured in, quote, jive talk, end of quote, in the highly mediated form of hipster jazz argo or vernacular or slang, this white man using uh, African-American jargon when it was not thought to be politically correct to do so, and he has captured the message of the gospel. This man, this man has said what churches are supposed to be saying, what we believe or we think we're saying when we, uh, when we speak uh, that powerful uh, 
confession in morning prayer. Almighty God who desireth not the death of a sinner, but that he shall turn from his wickedness and live. We are given here the, the general uh, confession and the absolution that is at the absolute roots of the, uh, the earliest and truest stratum of uh, the Christian religion. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, I want to just say, and this is a very brief uh, brief uh, podcast, that uh, here from the demimonde of a very, very sketchy and brilliant nightclub performer, employer of things language, poet, philosopher, and theologian, we have received that which is most central in a faith which is so uh, very um, uh, pervasively um, misunderstood and uh, misjudged and uh, thrown over in a current world because this very thing, look what happens to the, the man. He, he's forgiven. And notice he says, for the sake of Christ, forgive me. And then the, uh, when, he, when, when the, the big cat, three times he forgives him. Notice that. When he had laid that line for the third time, an oob-bop-a-lap and done forgive him, that was too strong for uba. First thing he did was jump 20 feet in the air. He came swanging down a Mexican tailspin and the Japanese abapadap and turned, twisted, and doing cartwheels and all kinds of crazy things. And finally, his two feet hit solid on the earth. And when he did, he pointed at Nero and said, there's the burner of Rome. The man is entirely and completely... Um, this is the, the people often say to me. You know what does it actually mean? Can you can you can you give me a, a description of what happens when when the message of forgiveness and uh, the message of God's grace and practice hits and makes contact in the pattern of a person's um, <clears throat> tragic and uh, impasse, uh, troubled life? What actually happens? We want to know so we can write. And I say you don't don't do that. You can't describe it. Said Todd Brewer recently in a wonderful um, <clears throat> letter that I received from him. You can't. Describe Describe it. The moment you describe it, it's a law. The moment you say, well, you have to be this kind of person or that kind of person. The moment you have to have this kind of style or that kind of style, this kind of talk or that kind of talk, this kind of look or that kind of look, you've completely, you've described it and you've destroyed it. Now, what happens to Ubapalap is that he jumps 20 feet in the air like Scrooge, you know, I'm the Lord's boy, like the gasser, the same exact powerful dynamic you find in The Gasser by Lord Buckley, in his version of uh, Christmas Carol entitled Scrooge by Lord Buckley, and in Nero by Lord Buckley. The uh, man is converted. He, 20 feet in the air, his entire life is released, and the energy, and in this case, he's released for courage, and he confronts Nero directly, and said, that man is the burner of Rome. So in his case, the result is courage. I mean, Schindler, Oscar Schindler, I mean, uh, um, you know, you can say what you want about his private life, but he was given something uh, uh, to do, and it was definite. And someone else is given something else, and someone else is given something else. But uh, the fact that most of these results are covered in the famous uh, passage in St. Paul's Epistle of the Galatians about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, honor, wisdom, understanding, all the fruit of the Spirit, uh, um, Harmony, reconciliation, the fact that it results in those things, that's a pretty good list. It's not exhaustive, though, because we cannot describe it. All we can do is record it. And here, Lord Buckley, in a most unusual place. I mean, you would have gone into a, you know, a 1230 a.m. performance in a smoky, really what you would have thought was pretty, um, you know, 
golly, you never know what might happen to you in a place like that or walking out of a place like that. A nightclub and those places were all over this country and would that they were today. The last great place, you know, would that they were today. Um, uh, these places where people met of all sorts and here he gives this extraordinary message in Palo Alto or in West Hollywood at 12.30 a.m. Now that is exactly where our Savior would have found himself. Thank you so very much for hearing me out again about Lord Buckley beyond the time barrier of the sacred and the profane. God bless you.